This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. Today's episode, I'm going to focus on a topic that ties right into the mission of this show, and that is productivity and work-life balance. It's a topic that I get tons of questions, emails, tweets, LinkedIn messages from engineers on. You become successful, quote-unquote, based on your salary and your all the promotions you're getting, but then you just have more stuff to do. And that affects you personally. And you know, you're juggling everything. So since my book, the updated edition of my book launched in December, Engineer Your Own Success, Seven Key Elements to Creating an Extraordinary Engineering Career, I've been doing one episode on each of what I consider to be the seven elements. And this is the sixth of seven. The actual title of this episode mirrors the chapter in the book, which is called Creating a Focused, Productive, and Stress-Free Engineering Career and Life. And that's exactly what I'm going to give you strategies to do over the next half hour or so in this episode. Now, before we get into the main segment of our show, I'd like to offer a brief word from today's episode sponsor. The sponsors for our show are, are, are really important to us because they help us to keep the show free for you, the listener. If you want to be guaranteed to pass the FE, PE, or SE exam, I recommend you check out PPI's review course. PPI is so confident that you'll pass your exam after completing their course that if you don't, you can repeat the course for free. I'll have more information about PPI's review courses a little later on in the show. Now I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the main segment of the show, and this is one of my all-time favorite quotes. And it goes as follows. Efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. And that's from Peter Drucker. And the reason that I love that quote is probably because I'm an engineer. And as engineers, I think we always try to make things super efficient, which is awesome. I mean, I do this myself. But sometimes we're spending time making things efficient that we don't even need. And that's where You want to focus on being effective. And that's a big part of creating more of a stress-free career in life is eliminating things if they're not effective. And we'll get into that in the main segment of the show, which we're going to jump into right now. All right, now for the main segment, let's jump right into this topic of productivity, work-family balance. And essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three rules that you can kind of follow to achieve quote unquote time management because, you know, that's a term I use quotes because that's a term that, you know, how do you really manage time? Can you manage time? But I'll say time management and work family balance. And again, this is right out of the chapter eight in my book, Engineer Your Own Success. So rule number one is you want to stay organized in all of your efforts. This is very, very important because when you are physically organized, that helps you to be mentally organized or essentially low stress or stress-free. So when I say physically organized, I mean, you know, your office, how things are laid out on your computer, is there stuff all over the place? Is there icons all over the place? 
be organized physically and that will have a huge impact on your mental approach to the day. So that's a big part of achieving that balance. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Let's dig deeper on the point of organization. The first recommendation in order to stay organized is to deploy this minimalist mindset. Remember the quote we talked about, you want to be effective in what you actually decide to do and decide to work on. And the best way to do this is to lean on my favorite rule, which is the rule of 80-20, the 80-20 rule, or also known as Pareto's principle. If you're not familiar with Pareto's principle, he was a scientist and he discovered a long time ago that 20% of our effort yields 80% of our results. And the way he came up with this actually was he actually studied wealth in, I believe it was England. And he looked at all of the money in England and realized that 20% of people that lived in England had 80% of the wealth or the money. And he did this study over a certain number of years and then also did it in different locations. And he noticed that it was pretty much the same every time. So then he decided to apply it in other areas and realize that it always works. I mean, it's not always exactly 80-20, obviously, but even if it's, you know, 60-30 or whatever, something along those lines, it makes a lot of sense. So to give you two examples of this, one personal, one professional, from a professional standpoint, it's highly likely that the engineering company that you work for, 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of, the, of your clients. Again, it's not going to be exactly, but I bet you it's kind of close to that. Another example on a personal level, and I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, is you probably wear 20% of the clothes you own 80% of the time. So I took this idea and I actually applied it and I live in the Northeast where I need to change my clothes every winter and I got rid of so many clothes and I fit everything in one dresser and it it was pretty much the 20% of those clothes that I would wear all year round. And that's eliminated a lot of stress and a lot of worry for me about not having to change over the clothes, take the trunks out of the attic and do all that stuff. But that's how you can actually apply 80-20 in your life. So be vigilant with that. The next thing you can do to get more organized or become organized is organize your note-taking efforts. If you're like me, you take a lot of notes throughout the course of the day, whether you're on phone calls, project meetings, whatever the case may be. So I recommend that you have two notepads, one that's digital, one that's a hard bound notebook. The bound notebook you can use, obviously, whenever, when you're on the go, but you should also have some kind of digital version as well because you know we live in a digital world. I love Evernote. We'll link to that in the show notes. Evernote's an awesome program. I think there's also OneNote. That's Microsoft. is like a Microsoft version of that. And these are nice because they these digital notebooks can usually be carried across your different digital devices. So you could have the Evernote on your iPad, on your iPhone, and on your laptop or computer, and you can access these notes and share them with other people. So if you do this and, and have organized notes, then you're not going to have the sticky notes all over the place or the loose pieces of paper or the one computer file here in Word, another one in in another program. Again, organization. When you're organized, it leads to less stress. The next point to help you with your organization efforts is to manage your contacts effectively. Have a system to organize your contacts, whether it's you use your Outlook, you use LinkedIn, whatever the case may be. Just have a system and have a good naming structure so that you can lean on these contacts. Because if you get all these business cards and then you don't organize them and put them in a system that you can use them, then what's the point? Apply the 80-20 rule here too. If you're collecting business cards and only 20% of them are people that you're ever going to talk to again, then get rid of the rest of them. 
and make sure that you enter these contacts that you're collecting into the system periodically so that they don't build up on you. If you go to an event, come back the next day or the next evening or the morning and put them right into the system so you have them. The relationships in your career are your lifeline. You've got to make sure you have this information and stay organized with it. You also want to be sure that you organize your calendar and your appointments. I'm hoping that you use a digital calendar. Most people do. If you don't, I highly recommend doing so. Some other tips you can do to keep your appointments organized is you can invite other people through your calendar. If you want to make sure that they're on the same page as you and they're supposed to be coming to the meeting, you can populate the appointments with information. A lot of times if I have to go to a meeting or have a phone call meeting, I'll put in some points about the meeting into the calendar appointment. So when it pops up, I can just open it and I know what the meeting's about. Also, I recommend confirming meetings. That can save you hours. If you have to drive an hour to go to see a site or for some kind of a meeting and you drive an hour and no one's there and then you drive an hour back, you probably just wasted two and a half hours when all you had to do is pick up the phone, or shoot an email to confirm the meeting and make sure that it was on. And your desk. Your desk is a big one when it comes to organization. This is kind of your home base, right? So in addition to just affecting how efficient you are, if there's stuff all over the place, obviously you're not going to be as efficient. The appearance of your desk is a direct reflection on you, right? I mean, a messy, disorganized desk may leave your supervisor, staff, or clients questioning your capability as a professional. You know, I'm serious about this. I mean, think about it. If you're trying to manage a couple million dollar project and your client comes in, they see that you can't even manage your desk, how are they going to feel about that? So let me summarize. So rule one was being organized in all of your efforts and some steps or strategies that I've gave you to try to become more organized is deploy the minimalist mindset, right? Remember the 80-20 rule, get organized with your note-taking, manage your contacts effectively, have some kind of a system organize your appointments, and make sure that your desk is clean. Again, listen, your desk isn't going to be clean at all times. You're an engineer. You're putting out fires all day. However, you can straighten it up from time to time. You can have a system so you put papers in certain places. Again, because all those papers are stress for you, right? And we're talking about having less stress or becoming even stress-free, which obviously is difficult, but the less stress, the better. All right, rule number two is to stay focused and productive at all times. Now, how in the world can you possibly do that? We're going to dive into it here and I'll give you some strategies, but just understand that your productivity level will dictate the number of hours that you're going to have to work to meet your project deadlines and ultimately achieve your goals, right? I mean, if you have to do X amount of work to finish a project, the more productive you are, the less time it will take. And that ties into this idea of the work-life balance. Some people work a lot of hours because they don't work efficiently or effectively. So let me give you some points on how you can stay focused throughout the day. And at the end of the show, I'm going to give you one strategy that you can use immediately. Actually, my co-host, Chris Knudsen, introduced this to me recently and really pushed me on it. And he's been doing it. I've been doing it. It's really helpful. I'll give you that at the end of the show. So first point on focus is to create consistencies through routines. Implement routines wherever you can in your career and in your life. Just a couple episodes ago, Chris and I went over our morning and evening rituals, and we'll link to that in our show notes. But having a ritual, whether it's you come in every morning and do your timesheet every day, same time every day, or you have a staff meeting same week every week, or you have a client project meeting same time 
every week. These rituals, they create consistency and people that are consistent tend to be productive. So try to build those in where you can. Second point on focus is to establish your most important tasks early on. This came from a wonderful book that I read called The Power of Less by Leo Babauta, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Your most important tasks are these 80-20 tasks. These are the tasks that you want to, that if you achieve these tasks, they're going to have big impacts for you, your company, your clients. So you need to establish what these MITs are as early as you can each day. And then the next point is to complete or assign them ASAP. So in the evenings, I typically establish my MITs for the following day. And then in the next morning, I jump on them immediately and I either work on them or I assign them out to team members. So establish your MITs and then assign them out. And when I say MITs, the way you can look at a most important task is if you were to achieve, depends on the size of your tasks, but if you were to achieve two or three MITs in one day, that would be monumental. Everything else that day would be a bonus. That's how you kind of craft these MITs. Point number four here on the second rule of focus is a big one. It's don't let email dictate your schedule. I heard somebody say, I don't know who it was, but and I'm paraphrasing, but they said something along the lines of, is email is someone else's way of dictating your day. And that's so true. Every time you take an email from someone, you're saying essentially to them that you're more important than what I'm working on at this moment. So how can you avoid doing that? First of all, turn off your email notifications. This is something that we had a big discussion about at the Engineering Career Success Summit down in DC in May. And what we talked about essentially is just that distraction every five minutes of a little pop-up from Outlook. You know what that does to your design work or just to your focus? Kills it. In fact, one of our Institute for Engineering Career Development members who was on the show to do the career summary breakdown, he even mentioned in his dialogue on the episode, which I believe was episode 60, and we'll link to it in the show notes, he said that he turned off his Outlook notifications and his little Microsoft link notifications, and his productivity has been way up. So turn your notifications off, avoid checking your emails as they come in, process your email effectively. I don't care if you do it once an hour, every hour, but just do it once an hour then. Don't look at your email every couple minutes. If you can't stop looking at your email for one hour, then you probably got bigger problems than focus and work-life balance. The next point on focusing is meditation. And I know meditation can sound like a, a word that could be scary to us as engineers and technical professionals, but meditation has proven to increase focus, reduce stress, and facilitate better sleeping patterns. And this is something that I actually researched in my book. And in my book, I've listed specific scientific journals and research that has proven this. Meditation does not have to be you sitting cross-legged somewhere on the ground, just focusing and closing your eyes. That's a great way to do it. That's how I do it. But it could be taking a walk at lunch for two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes and just you know reflecting a bit and just getting out there and getting away. That could be meditation for you. So try to implement a form of meditation into your day. It will help you to definitely increase your focus. The other part about focus is you have to put yourself in a position of focus and do it consistently. So if you're in an office area where your door's open, there's lots of people around, that's not a good position of focus. But if you're in a conference room where you close your door or you go to another space, then you're, you have that ability to focus. I do that sometimes as well. Like if I feel like the office is too busy, I'll go out somewhere and I'll just get a place where I can focus. And that's important. So that sums up rule number two, which is 
being focused, you know, being focused at all times. Just to summarize it, we talked about creating routines, establishing your MITs early, assigning your MITs early, getting a handle on your email so it doesn't dictate your day, practicing some form of meditation, and then putting yourself in that position of focus. All right, let's move on to our final rule number three, which is to avoid stress and worry at all costs. And I'll give you my probably my second most favorite quote of all time, which is worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. And that's from Glenn Turner. Just think about that for a second. Worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. That's exactly what worry and stress does. So I want to help you to get rid of some of that. And some of the things you can do to avoid stress and worry is to simplify. Simplify the devices you use, for example. How many devices do you have? The computer, the laptop, the iPad, the iPhone. Can you eliminate one of them? Or can you use certain ones for specific things? That might help you to worry less about certain things. Process your email inbox daily or weekly to zero. And I know that sounds like a big task, but if you process your email in inbox properly, and we also have a podcast episode I did on this in the past, and we'll link to this in the show notes where I went through my process for email. People associate the number of emails in their inbox to stress. Like if you say to someone, hey, how's it going today? They say, oh man, I got so many emails. I got to go through my inbox. So if you can process them and get them out of your email onto like a to-do list or some kind of other software, you're going to just feel better about yourself. It's going to reduce your stress. Next point is to have that to-do list. I like to have a combination of an online and offline to-do list. I use a, a website called Asana. We actually use it with our team because we can assign tasks out throughout the team. I love it. I've never had a problem with it going down or anything like that. It's, it's an online system and it works. But also, I usually keep my notebook and sometimes what I'll do is I'll look at my Asana and I'll write down some of the MITs or the key things for the day and then I'll work off that notebook for the day so I'm not like glued to the computer for the list. But have some kind of really solid to-do list that you build off of. Next point, keep your mind and body in shape. This is important for avoiding stress and worry. I recommend walking or running or jogging, something along those lines. The meditation like we talked about before and reading is a great one too. Reading fiction at night to wind the day down. I've read some actually some phenomenal books this year. And if any of you out there really enjoy fiction books, I'll give you the ones I read this year real quick. I read Inferno by Dan Brown, which is amazing. I read The Light Between the Oceans, which was an awesome book as well. And I'll link to these in the show notes. And then right now I'm reading The Kite Runner. And we'll give you the authors and the books and the show notes for them. But again, I started doing this this year when I heard about this, I think from a podcast, where you read fiction at night and you just kind of, it relaxes you. Because I used to read personal development stuff at night. And that would get my brain amped up. So try the, the reading if you have trouble at night. And then the last point on this topic of avoiding stress and worry is to eat and sleep well. Your diet and the quality of your sleep really impact your energy levels and your overall stress levels. And again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not making medical recommendations here, but generally I try to stay away from the carbohydrates, you know, the bad carbs and focus on the protein. Proteins, leafy vegetables, kind of along that paleo diet type of theme. That's been very helpful for me. And even your breakfast is real important when you get up in the morning. I mean, typically I have three eggs over easy with some kind of spinach or collard greens or charred piece of avocado and peppers. 
So I've got some good fats, I've got the vegetables, I've got the protein. And that really gets you going. Your breakfast is so important, it gets you going. And then sleep is important as well. And we talked about this in our ritual episode, and I'll link to the, the book again, but I just read a great book called 21 Ways to Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson, which is awesome. And, and we'll link to that one again in the show notes. So eat and sleep well, because a lot of times engineers just get into their career and they start going and going and going, but then they forget about the working out, even just this, the meals, they don't even have time to eat, or they go to fast food restaurants and that kills you. That's killing you. So take some time to eat and sleep better. And then I'll, I'll kind of end this up, this episode with a question of, is balance really possible? Is this balance possible? And this technique that I'm going to give you in a few minutes here in our Take Action Today segment will help you with this as well. But understand what balance is. I always go back to the talk that Brett Harward, the author of The Five Laws That Determine All of Life's Outcomes, we did a meetup down in Texas with engineers, and he gave us the example of a pie. And he said, listen, there's never going to be a pie that's cut exactly in half for you between life and work. It's just not going to work that way. So what you need to think about is the depth of the slices of the pie. If your personal part of the pie at this point in time is only really small, and it may be, you may be busy at work, you may start a new business, just make sure that it's deep, right? So when you're there, when you're with those people that you love at home, be engaged and get into it and get the most out of it. So I think you, if you think about balance in that way, it might be more helpful for you. Not necessarily the amount of hours you work or the amount of hours you're home, but really what goes into those hours. And a couple of tips on, on how you can gain more balance in your career and life is have that working definition of balance and understand it. So for example, one engineer that I worked with used to tell me that my definition is to be home for dinner three or four or five nights a week, whatever it was. Build flexibility into your career. Whenever you can build flexibility into your career, that's going to help you with balance. So maybe it's negotiating working from home one or two days a week. I mean, that could be huge potentially. So think about ways you can gain more flexibility and have more control. Obviously, starting your own businesses, you have a lot more flexibility, but a lot of our listeners are engineers and they enjoy working in the corporate world. So you have to think of ways you could build flexibility in there. And the last point is to be present. Be present in everything you do. And that's kind of what I just talked about with the piece of the pie. Be fully engaged, and that's going to help you because it's not always about balancing the hours. It's being engaged and being present. So just to sum it up, we had the three rules, which is to stay organized in all your efforts, be focused and productive as much as possible, and avoid stress and worry at all costs. And this will all be in the show notes for this show, which will be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash productivity. Again, that's engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash productivity. So now I'm going to take you into the Take Action Today segment of the show where I will give you this one strategy you can use that's so simple and will have a dramatic impact on your engineering career and life. All right, so we're here with the last segment of the show, the Take Action Today segment. And before I give you this piece of advice, I'd like to offer you a word from today's episode sponsor, PPI. It's no secret that passing the FE, PE, and SE exams requires extensive preparation. Studying on your own can feel like a daunting task, especially when you factor in the demands of your job, family, and other priorities. This is where a PPI review course can really help. PPI's review courses for the FE, PE, and SE exams provide you with a structured study plan, lectures from expert instructors, 
and opportunities to engage with other students and instructors. Their courses also come with a passing guarantee, so in the rare event you don't pass the exam after completing their course, you can repeat the course for free. PPI is currently offering early bird course discounts of over $500 through June 10th, so if you plan on taking your exam this year, I definitely recommend you enroll soon to save significant money. PPI's mission is simple. They want to help engineers pass the FEPE and SE exams and advance their careers. Quality is paramount at PPI. In fact, it is the driving force behind everything they do. With best-selling exam review materials developed by PPI founder Michael Lindeberg and other experts in the industry, they have been the source and solution for passing the FEPE and SE exams for more than 40 years. To see how PPI can help you pass your exam and for special offers and discounts exclusive to our podcast listeners, visit ppi2pass.com forward slash coach. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com forward slash coach. So the one technique I want to give you today that you can take away and implement immediately in your career is the Pomodoro technique. I'm sure many of you have heard this. You can access it just by using the timer on your iPhone. But essentially what this technique is, is that you set a timer for typically it runs from about anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. And you say for the next 20 or 30 minutes, I'm going to focus on X, Y, Z. And you focus on that until the timer goes off. And I know that that sounds crazy, that it's so simplistic, but it totally, totally works. So that's all you have to do. Give it a try today. If you're going to work on a project, you're going to read some specifications, whatever the case may be. Try it for 20, 25 minutes. What it does is it gets you to just start on something and focus a small amount of time on it. And then as you get better at it, you can really increase your focus. And I found, and also I know my co-host Chris Knutson has reported back to me on his kind of experiments with it, that he'll put 20, 25 minutes down and then he'll end up over time being able to do something for two hours because he's really locked in. So please try the Pomodoro technique and we'll link to some information about it in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I would absolutely love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash productivity. I will monitor all the comments from this show and respond if you leave a comment. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.